Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for the lust. Blindly passing, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mark. Thank you for bringing us, you know, one day at a time through the challenges that are associated with each day and reminding us, uh, as I have here on my scripture card, praise you, Lord, the one that I just recently opened. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Matthew six thirty four. Father, we praise you for that wisdom, because without that wisdom, I think it would be very difficult for us to be able to carry on through each week, through each day um, in peace. I, I, think, I think it's a beautiful blessing for us to come to a place where we realize no matter where, you know, look to the left, look to the right, look to go into Panama, whatever it is. There's always going to be a challenge. It's always almost like guaranteed that whatever the end times ugly is, is going to find its way to us wherever we go. And I think that there's a place of release, Father, that we each come to in our journey whereby we realize that no matter what we do, where we go, or how we pray or whatnot, we're going to go through some things. We're going to go through some portion of the things Lord Jesus, that you warned us about in the Olivet Discourse, Mark 13, Matthew 21, uh, Matthew 24, Luke 21. And we praise you for that because it really does, at least for me, it helps to stabilize my walk. And I pray in the name of Jesus that it helps to stabilize other people's walks so that we're able to totally just lay over all of our concerns onto your shoulders and trust you to bring us through the challenges and the trials and the tribulations and such that we are concerned about having to face, hope that we don't have to, but at the same time know that maybe we might. And we pray that you 
that our hearts will change through the power of the Holy Spirit and, the, and your divine touch upon our lives in such a way that we learn to totally surrender ourselves to you and know that you're going to take care of us no matter what. And we thank you for that, Father. We praise you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for Proverbs 3, 1, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all ways. We touch out, reach out, feel and just immerse ourselves in your divine presence, Father God. And in that, in that dynamic, you will make our path straight because when we trust in you, we can live in perfect peace, Isaiah 26, 3. And we thank you, Father God, and we praise you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here, I'm making an adjustment to the microphone a little bit here so I can sit up straight instead of punching over. Wow. The last couple of um, uh, last two days have been, well, I'd say about the vast majority of the last couple of days have been, um, you know, Saturday and Sunday from the very early uh, wee hours, uh, 5, 6, 7 a.m., probably more like 7 a.m. by the time I finally got around to it. But I've been working on the uh, Golden JIB Studios master computer system, and I learned my lesson. 37 years of working with technology, and I learned my lesson. Do not buy the latest and greatest uh, gaming machine with eight processors and everything because it's too cutting edge. It really is. It's too cutting edge, and the problem is if, if, if there is going to be – when, when uh, Microsoft releases a cumula, what they call a cumulative patch – 
The theory is that the uh, 98% of the computers that are out there are not going to have a problem with it. Okay, and they do lots of what's called regression testing, of course. The problem is on the fringe of that regression testing pool are those computers that are like the one that I bought after the big lightning bolt strike here. And um, fortunately, I did get an extremely extended warranty, so I'm good. Oh, you're going to laugh. I'm good until my warranty lasts until, are you ready? Drum roll, please. <laughs> we'll do one of those uh, Christmas vacation, you know, um, ones, you know. Um you know, it's 2030. Isn't that fascinating? You know, supposedly the target date for all things New World Order, end of the, you know, end of the end of the world kind of stuff. Hmm. Anyway, having some uh, ice water. Praise God. Kids, won't it be sad if uh, something bad happens to the main system, huh? Yeah. Well, don't be, don't be careful how you're cheering, kids, because if the main system goes down, you guys go away. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, at least until I can bring the thing back up again, which who knows what that will take. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, anyway, we'll just have to wait and see. I made a gazillion changes. I don't even know how many. I didn't keep track of them very well. Lots of changes, lots of positive things, and um, we'll see. We'll see if it stays stable. Um, it, it still has problems. There's no doubt about it. Uh, ever since, I'm not going to get into all the technological details, but there was a 64-bit upgrade to Windows 11. And that 64-bit upgrade to my computer just it wasn't a happy thing. <laughs> for, uh, for whatever reason, my particular model doesn't like it. Uh, so anyway, so be it. Uh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And, um, you know, uh, if I got to wait 10 minutes for it to boot, then I'll wait and I'll just keep on. I, uh, you know, I might, I might set aside some time. I don't know, maybe Monday night, Tuesday night or whatever and call Hewlett Packard and sit on the phone with them for like an hour while they tell me to do all kinds of really dumb monkey things, which I know that I don't have to do, but they are forced to make everybody walk through their little script. We've all been through it. And it's, you know, it's, you know, you want to rip your hair out, and but what are you going to do? You got to play the game anyway. Otherwise, you, they won't help you at all. All right, kids, are you ready? Yeah. Amen. Kids, I have a lot of jokes about unemployment, but none of them work. <laughs> none of them work. <laughs> I know, right? Kids, what type of blood does a pessimist have? What type of blood does a pessimist have? Think about it. B, negative. <laughs> Kids, what do you think? B, negative blood. Come on. Think up here. I know what you guys are thinking, RH negative and all that kind of stuff, and who is from the land of Canaan, where are they from this world, yada, yada. I know. I'm with you. All right. What do you get when nine ants move in with a buddy? You get ten ants. <laughs> ten ants. <laughs> right? Ten ants? All right. Praise God. Now. Let's go into the news. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I think this is going to be a bumpy uh, summer. 
Yeah. A lot of fires and floods already starting to spring up everywhere. Praise God. Into the news. Thank you, Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, it's not normal. This is Game over. Okay, this is a, uh, they're actually having, this is from a, um, what do you call it? Like a press conference thing where they called together a bunch of uh, folks from various organizations, uh, probably several hundred, um, in a big room. And they uh, filmed it and everything and put it out in the public uh, purview. Um, and it's uh, it's uh, a lot of journalists and experts and such in the field that are making um, extended and advanced and very educated commentaries regarding the whole Julian Assange thing. Now, you know, can I play the whole thing? No, I can't. Um, is it like a long? I mean, it's like 10, 15, 20 minutes long. It's like incredible. And it never ends. But I did want to give you a little bit of a snippet of it because it's a teeny weeny weeny little bitty bite of the bigger picture, which I think we're all very painfully aware of at this time. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, let's let's listen to this. All right. Let's bring this up. All right. Thank you, Father. Uh, Here we go. Well, we'll see. Hold on. There it goes. By whistleblowers in the past that this source of crucial information must not only not be threatened, but must be protected. To continue the prosecution of Mr. Assange under the Espionage Act of 1917 could not only continue Mr. Assange's imprisonment for decades, it also could, in violation of the Constitution, gut the First Amendment rights of journalists. A radical result that surely neither President Biden nor Attorney General Garland wants to have as their legacy. Thank you. Uh, So the next speaker at this tribunal, and we have three more left, thanks a lot uh, for the patience of all of you, uh, is one of the most famous whistleblowers They call it the Balmarsh, B-E-L-M-A-R-S-H Tribunal, Balmarsh Tribunal, whatever that means. (laughs) The foundation stones of our former government here in the United States, the democracy and a republic, is our First Amendment to the Constitution, which forbids any law by Congress or the states abridging freedom of speech or of the press along with freedom of religion and of assembly. That has precluded the passage of a British-type Official Secrets Act, which most countries have. Almost no other country has a law singling out the press as protected by our freedom by the First Amendment. And the British-type Official Secrets Act, which criminalizes any or all disclosure of information protected by the government, the executive branch, even disclosure to the public or to the press or to Congress, the parliament, is criminalized and subject to uh, prison. 
we've never had such an act because of our First Amendment. In fact, one was almost inadvertently uh, passed by Congress in the year 2000, but it was vetoed by President Clinton as a clear-cut violation of the First Amendment. He cited in his opinion, accompanying that, uh, some of the opinions in the Pentagon Papers case of half a century ago. That had resulted from my disclosure uh, of information that I had authorized possession of as a contractor to the government at that time, 7,000 pages of top-secret documents uh, about the history of U.S. decision-making in Vietnam, which disclosed repeatedly. All right, all right, all right. Um, anyway, I... Um I, when, I, it must have been incredibly early in the morning when I listened to this, where I will sometimes go grab myself a um, wake-me-up kind of a drink, you know, a, um, uh, I don't know what to call them, but, you know, they, they've got these um, soda pops that have um, caffeine and taurine and stuff. They're like energy drinks and stuff, and I'll get one of those in the morning sometimes because I, I don't know. I just don't feel like having a cup of coffee. But um, uh, anyway, long story short, I believe that if you were to want to listen to the entire Belmarsh Tribunal, which, by the way, it's excellent, actually, um, you could go to a website uh, at YouTube.com called Democracy Noel. Uh, no, no, wait a minute. Let me scroll in my eyes. No, it's Democracy Now! Exclamation point. All right. And, it's, and this particular one is entitled Free Julian Assange, colon. Naom Chomsky, Dan Ellsberg, and Jeremy Corbyn lead call at Bell Marsh Tribunal. And anyway, I, I, I probably turned it on and just left it run while I went and got myself a wake-me-up energy energy drink or whatever you want to call it, um, and um, uh, and uh, and started. And it probably broke into like shorter sessions where one person said this, one person said that. All I know is that it was very moving. It was very moving. It was very First Amendment free speech. Why are you doing this to Julian? Why aren't you doing it to these other people? How, how is this even possible and how horrible is this for the entire world? And um, anyway, so that 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 I, I I you know I put the link on here for the radio show, but I really wasn't that positive. Uh, it would jump from one thing to another, and uh, so anyway, it's not. It, it's got you know Daniel Ellsberg here speaking uh, from the Pentagon Papers, and uh, he's great. But um, unfortunately, we don't really have 10, 15 minutes so we can listen to that whole thing before it starts breaking off into the other testimonies. Praise God. All right. Now, this is from Redacted, from the Redacted Report. And I'm very happy, and I don't know what the right word is. I don't want to say that I'm proud of them, but I am glad uh, that the Redacted folks um, in their popularity have gotten to to some people that I feel that they, it's really, really important. For example, there is an independent uh, journalist. His name is Patrick Lancaster, and he's been at it since day one. As a matter of fact, he's been over there like forever, uh, long before the um, Russian Federation did their, you know, denazification campaign starting in February of last year. So anyway, the Patrick Lancaster from Texas. Uh, is totally funded by people's contributions, and he is like standing there while bombs are coming down from 
the Ukraine. So the Ukrainian army is sending salvos and bombs and shells and whatever you want to call them over into Donetsk um, and different towns that he hangs out in with the people, the, the kids going to school, the moms and the dads trying to have, you know, buy some groceries and live a normal life. And he's standing there and the bombs are coming down. Now, you don't usually see a live bomb, but you see, unfortunately, the aftermath of a live bomb. And he's frequently there when the regular, everyday mom and dad and kids get killed by Ukrainian bombs. They don't stop. Never do they stop. They keep on killing people. They keep on hitting hospitals. They keep on hitting apartment complexes. And then they keep on blaming it on Russia, which, of course, is... Well, we all know by now exactly what's going on. But anyway, I want to go ahead and play this redacted snippet from one of their shows while they're, uh, you know, of them talking to this uh, independent journalist named Patrick Lancaster. Praise God. Okay, so let's listen to this. Here we go. Here we go. Well, the Western media continues to ignore the genocide that's been unfolding in Donetsk, Donbass region over the last nine years. And over the weekend, NATO and Ukraine bombarded uh, residential areas using U.S.-made HIMARS weapons. Once again, this is a common occurrence that is almost happening daily. They hit a science institute among other residential buildings. Patrick Lancaster has been covering this genocide for the the past nine years. He was there the moment NATO and Ukraine started launching these attacks. Take a look. The uh, shrapnel from the uh, rocket seemed to be a Western-supplied HIMARS. And this hole that we saw here is indicative of uh, a HIMARS. We see them come down and just rip into the ground right after they explode, or sometimes they explode after. There's three, at least, different settings for the HIMARS. One is they explode in the air, air bursts. Others pound through and then explode. And others exploding on impact. Independent journalist and war correspondent Patrick Lancaster joins us now from Donetsk. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. You know, we featured your work on our show for many years here, but it's great to finally have you here on the show. And thank you for your amazing journalism. Thank you very much, Clayton, for having me. It's an honor to be here. I've watched you guys a lot, and you guys are doing uh, great things for the uh, the push of uh, what the mainstream media is ignoring. So over the weekend, of course, we saw, we just played this footage, uh, again, another round of attacks. This is a daily occurrence. And, of course, the reports have been that after the fall of Bakhmut, that attention would drive towards uh, this area, to the area that you're currently in, in Donetsk. Um, what are you seeing on the street? What are you seeing in terms of attacks? And what are you hearing among the people as you go door to door and see how they're living their lives? Well, um, of course, the attacks, as always, are just horrible on uh, the civilians. Um, if we can we could talk all day about the different attacks that happen every day in Donetsk. Maybe not every day on the center, but every single day in the city of Donetsk, there are attacks on the civilian population by Ukraine. I do my best to cover as many as I can, um, but of course I can't get to all of them. But if we we talk about this particular uh, uh, case that you just uh, showed to give a little bit more in-depth in on it, um, I had actually just returned back from the front line. I was 
uh, just 60 meters from Ukrainian positions and uh, spent the night there, returned back to Donetsk. And I was shocked to see how much more intense the war was in the center of Donetsk than it actually was on the front line. Um, and I had just been back in Donetsk for 20 minutes and heard a few explosions got as much information as I could on the location, raced to the site, which was, as you said, the Science, Science Research Institute that had took a direct hit from the high marsh to the roof, which instantly killed a woman. But uh, I arrived on the scene about 20, 25 minutes after the initial attack, and this is what Ukraine did. They waited, they made one attack with three HIMARS, waited about 20, 25 minutes until the first responders came to the scene, journalists and first responders. And then, as, you, as seen in my uh, footage, uh, I counted about six, I guess, uh, additional HIMARS that uh, uh, came down right almost in the same spot right after the fire department, emergency workers and journalists showed up on the scene, which is a clear violation of the Geneva Convention, fire, uh, waiting to and firing on first responders. But this is what we see from Ukraine on a daily basis, just uh, the hammering of civilian areas in Donetsk and other areas across uh, uh, the regions that uh, Russia is in control of. Um, and it's just horrible to see on a daily basis. You're there. Do you see – so the uh, big question from, from a lot of folks in the independent media is like, well, where is Russia in this right now? Obviously, this is Russian territory now. The people voted to become part of Russia. Russia sees this as Russia. The, maybe the Western – NATO doesn't see this as part of Russia, uh, but nevertheless, it, it is. And so where is Russia in this? Where are the Russian forces? We see in your videos here uh, Russian military inspectors are inspecting the crash site where these HIMARS – uh, but where are the forces to propel those attacks against the people of Donetsk? Well, the main uh, problem with the attacks on Donetsk is Avdivka uh, and the Ukrainian-controlled uh, territory in the uh, area of Avdivka. And the fact is that these uh, HIMARS um, uh, uh, rocket launchers are mobile launchers, just like the the uh, Oregon Smirch uh, Soviet-made uh, rocket launchers are all mobile. So a lot of people think, why don't they just knock, why doesn't Russia just knock out these lawn sites? Well, that's because they'll come out of the woods somewhere, drive to a field, fire, and then within uh, uh, a minute and a half, they're already gone in a new position. So it's, uh, it's a game of cat and mouse. And as we know, uh, uh, Russia is uh, in um, uh, uh, pushing, as we saw Wagner uh, took Bakhmut, and and that is to kind of go back to your other uh, question. There is definitely an increase in attacks after uh, Bakhmut uh, was uh, taken control of by Wagner forces, and in Donetsk, it kind of happens every month or so for the last 15 months. Um, for a week or two, Ukraine will just start lobbing constantly on the center of Donetsk, just knocking out dozens of uh, civilian homes uh, every day, and then it'll just kind of calm down and they'll move on to a different uh, tactic. And they're just wasting all of the Western people's tax money by bombing civilians. All right. Anyway, um, it goes on for another, oh, golly, um, seven or eight minutes. Um, and it's all very poignant and very incredibly and unbelievably important. Um, but at least you got to hear a taste of uh, that which I've been monitoring of, golly, um, 
for at least a year and a half um very intimately i've i've uh, these um so here you got an example of where redacted who in my opinion god bless them but they're a little bit behind the eight ball you know we're several this radio show and all of us are several exits ahead of them usually anyway all that being said uh i've been listening to lancaster now for um about a year and a half independently and watching uh his footage to support all that which is being stated by uh scott ritter and colonel douglas mcgregor and all these other people so um you know it's it's not just a one or two um source confirmation as much as it is um six you know or more uh confirmations from different sources you know so um praise god for that but at the same time so sad so sad and um i don't i'll be perfectly frank it is um very difficult to watch uh mr lancaster's work because um while he's very careful not to show certain things you can fill in the blanks, and when you fill in the blanks, it's uh, utterly unpleasant. Praise God. Please pray for every single soul. You know how I like to pray? I like to pray like this, you know, in this particular case. I like to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, please send your angels into the spiritual realm. As each person dies, as each person uh, is lost to this world, have your angels in the name of Jesus yank their souls, yank their spirit person from the control of the darkness and bring them before the courts of heaven and allow them to accept Jesus into their heart. Do not turn them over to the darkness. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. That's how I pray because I've gotten confirmations, I, you know, from Julie Webby and other folks, you know, behold, I come uh, over the years. I, I have them in the prayer vigil notes, which are hundreds of pages. But anyway, um, that uh, that option does actually exist for some. Praise Jesus. So anyway, uh, and it's not commonly accepted in, in churchianity, but you know what? I want to stay as far away from churchianity as I can. Thank you, Jesus. Not that everybody isn't out there doing their best to try to do whatever it is they're doing, but quite frankly, you're just not going to advance as far as you could advance if you are stuck in that pigeonhole. Uh, Even the better ones, uh, better churches are simply, they're, you know, they got certain things right and they got them right really well. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm happy as can be that anyone would be touched or jettisoned forward in their walk and be aware of how close we are to leaving on account of any church. How precious is that? It's amazing. Uh, but for me personally, um, I think it's great. And, you know, but I just don't want... I have to stay where the Lord has brought me, and the Lord, and in my walk, for whatever reason, the Lord has brought me right to the sources. I, I you know, uh, so I've been watching Patrick Lancaster now for well over one and a half years. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah. Next one up: AI-controlled drone goes rogue and kills a human operator in a quote simulated end quote. United States Air Force test. Now, of course, some are saying that this is a bunch of boulder dash, and of course, the military is never going to owe up to anything, uh, you know, but somehow this information supposedly leaked out, <coughs> excuse me, from whatever source. It doesn't matter. It's really kind of, you know, I mean, who's going to track it and who cares? But at the end, at the end of the day, um, uh, 
this is all over the internet, even on YouTube channels and such. And they're saying that, um, you know, Colonel Tucker Hamilton, uh, you know, in this simulation died as an artificial intelligence test and operations uh, exercise, whereby the actual drone that was being uh, controlled by artificial intelligence decided that its controller, whoever that was, and it's irrelevant really, but its controller was, I don't know, stopping it from doing its duty. Okay, in other words, the controller of the drone said, do not kill that particular target. And the drone said, oh, yeah, you're going to stop me from doing that? All right, well, then I'm going to kill you. And it turned around in the simulation and killed the actual drone uh, uh, pilot, which was really weird. And, um, you know, normally I would be very suspicious that this is just a you know, kind of a bunky sort of a maybe it's not true kind of thing. And But then I started seeing how many different sources, how many different Disparate, unconnected news sources around the world were reporting this. And that and that really it wasn't and by the way, it wasn't here's the other thing I look out for. I look out to see not only are how many different disparate news sources are reporting a particular article, but I also look to see are you know, sometimes you'll see six or seven uh, right away. You'll see six or seven sources reporting a particular um, headline. The problem is if you look closely at what those sources are, oftentimes you'll discover that the, the six or seven sources are all extreme. There's no CBS Channel 4 out of San Francisco. There's no uh, ABC Channel uh, 8 out of New York. There's none of that. All there is is extremely alternate, you know, uh, Patriot News 1, extremely alternate End of the World News 2. And you'll, when I see that pattern form, I get very suspicious of the information. It's not that they're bad people. It's just that I've been there, done that, and what happens is they parrot. It's called parroting, and they go out and they look around and they see everybody, you know, or at least enough for them to go ahead and rebroadcast it. So they take the data from in another website, they put it on their website, and then they put a link at the bottom, which I used to do, uh, to the to wherever they got the information to this source, which of course there can be a hundred sources. So anyway, um, it gets a little bit weird, but whenever I see like five, six, seven uh, links, you know, going from a particular headline, um, uh, uh, and, and every one of the links, none of them are even in the slightest bit mainstream. There's no Al Jazeera, which is always dorked up. There's nothing. It's just... You know, extreme alternate, extreme alternate one, extreme alternate two, extreme alternate three, extreme alternate four, and no sign of anyone else covering it. That's when I get suspicious. All right, praise God. But anyway, th in this case, um, uh, you know, it was uh, – I, I trusted the news uh, well because I said to myself, well, what do you know? Now, not that they're perfect, not that they're perfect, um, but uh, – you know, they're pretty darn good and uh, have been for years and years and years and years and years, almost as long as uh, uh, this radio show has been up. But anyway, um, hold on a second. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, darn. Uh, fiddle faddle. 
Yeah. I just haven't been getting blessed with my uh, – yeah, no, we'll just let it go. Yep, so anyway, um, uh, this particular – but I did find one source that I trusted, have trusted for many years, does a really great job of linking their their article back to the source article so you can do a little bit of – oh, I don't know what you call it. It's uh, – confirmation chains we'll call them confirmation chains so they'll link it over to this another source and then that other source hopefully will have either a link or whatever to another source and it becomes a chain of confirmations providing that it's not ultimately coming from a source that you know from your own homework is extremely alarmist I'm not going to name names but there are those out there that are so extremely alarmist that when you do some digging and you look at their sources and their links, you discover rather quickly that um, their conclusions are on really thin ice. Okay, they're very alarmist. They're very into the world. They're very zombies will break out of the earth and eat us and eat our kids and all that kind of stuff. And you and you look at the headline and you're like going, "Whoa, wow, that's that's oh my gosh!" And then you do a little bit of digging. And then you realize that um, there's simplified conjecture baked into the text, and uh, which is a type of uh, news exaggeration. But that's okay. Um, it happens, and um, there's a lot of folks out there that do that, and uh, that's okay. I'm, I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying, for me, I know which ones have a habit of exaggerating a little bit. And um, I always make a personal note when I look at their information that it might be, well, exaggerated. Okay, and then I try to go to their source and see if I can ferret out. But there's only so much time in a day, so you have to just know in advance who you're dealing with and recognize that the particular headline might be stating something that is, uh, well, a little bit far-fetched. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. This um, uh, is entitled Godfather of Google Artificial Intelligence quits, quits his job, and then announces to whoever, whoever would listen to him, he said, the end is near. So evidently, whoever, I, I don't know the name of the guy or whatever, but they, they're, they're having a discussion. There are several people in the room. Uh, this particular uh, podcaster calls himself himself uh tim cast i don't get into this stuff isn't for me but other people like this stuff um there's many uh podcasts that a lot of uh christians like to listen to whatever the case is uh, joe uh, rogan you know i mean my goodness he's gazillions of listeners i don't even know how many it's amazing uh, on Spotify, uh, there's many of these guys, Tim, Cat, a lot of these people, that's why everybody and their brother and their sister and their aunt and their uncle and their kids and their cousins and their, everyone is becoming a podcaster because the economy is really dorked up and people are, you know, out of jobs and stuff. And so they all have a dream of becoming, you know, Eddie Van Halen. So they grab a guitar and they grab a six string, like, you know, uh, John Cougar Mellencamp and they learn how to play guitar and they hope to be famous and they grab a podcasting microphone and bada bing bada boom they put up a little uh you know what do you call it uh 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 paypal link or whatever and say please you know consider contributing to this you know whatever work and um you know if you're good at what you do and you have a and especially if you're mainstreamish 
you can you know if you're mainstreamish but you're also mainstreamish plus on the edge like redacted or rogan or whatever the case is then you have a high level of likelihood to make a whole lot of money but it's just like music it's just like making it's becoming van halen it, that's how it is and some succeed and most fail to make any money that's livable but they all want to do it and they all want to have little you know contribution uh, applets on their site, whatever that site may be, so that you will consider contributing into there, and they're hoping to be able to live off of the contributions of the listeners over time. Um, and that's fine. You know, this isn't, a, this isn't me. I'm just sharing that with you because there is a proliferation. There is, uh, you know, for, between now and 2011, when this show started, this is a this is what I call a swag, a seriously wild blank guess. All right, that's we use that in IT very much. Uh, swag it, you know. Give me a seriously wild blank guess about how much this is going to cost, and um, that's them kind of putting you in a corner. Whoever them is. So anyway, um, if I was going to swag how much, um, uh, you know, how many folks actually do a you know, make, make a living out of this. It's probably, if I'm guessing, it's probably less than, you know, probably 10%. Most of them will try real hard and they'll set up and do all the stuff, but I don't think they, you know, it's just like, it's just that kind of thing. And I praise God that, you know, from the very beginning, I don't even know how or why or what happened with how the Lord spoke to me, how it was impressed upon my heart. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. All I do know is that the I it was impressed upon. I, I love this. is from uh, Sister Terry Hill. I'm borrowing this terminology from her. Um, it was impressed upon my heart not to take any contributions. Now, don't get me wrong. There is biblically speaking, there is absolutely nothing wrong with taking tithes and offerings and contributions. It's all over. It, it's in specific locations in the Bible, and it is exceedingly clear how okay that is. All right, so um, praise God, thank you Jesus. But between me and the Lord, it was kind of impressed upon my heart not to take anything ever. Okay, that hey. Father, hey, Lord Jesus, um, praise your name, but um, as long as you keep me working, I will work for you, you know, um, uh, and, uh, and then I'll take it as a sign from you if that day should come. But I never, it used to get so, oh, my goodness, I got upset. Oh, my gosh. If something went wrong with the computer like it did this last uh, three, four days, um, oh, man. Oh, I was a wreck. I was a wreck. And um, I, I, I was, it was, uh, I don't, I don't want to ad- admit or publicly state how upset and how my behaviors became when I was that upset. Because it's not okay. Just as simple as that. Uh, so uh, it's not okay. But anyway, um, the Lord has been slowly bringing me, well, not, you know, it took years. It took years. I mean, uh, I don't know the exact timing, but I will say this. I'm finally in a place right now when things blow up really, really bad. I don't take it personally. 
I'm just like, okay, well, well, if I have to, I'll just put up this other laptop that I have, and I'll just do old-fashioned radio shows like I used to do from hotel rooms, and I'll do it the old-fashioned way. I won't have my mixer. I won't have the kids. I won't have a lot of things at my disposal. I won't have, you know, I won't be able to go like this. I won't be able to have a helicopter fly overhead. You know, that sometimes that's important. won't be able to have, you know, like uh, Glenn Beck call into the phone call, you know, the radio show, you know, and say this. Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. This. It's not normal. It's not normal. It's just wrong. Wow. It's not normal. This is disturbing. Or Paul Bagley stopping by, you know. Are you serious? Are you serious? Or, you know, my ex-wife coming over and saying, this is for all the times that you upset me. Ow! Or, you know, just flipping out and saying, Or maybe, maybe the apocalyptic blow points. Here we go. All right. Here it goes. Ready? Planet X, Nibiru, Second Sun, FEMA camps, FEMA coffins, great aliens, alien abductions, FEMA trains, mass raids, naked body scanners, fear teams, mind control slaves, Paul Schneider, Dolce Wars, Bob Lazar, reverse engineers, alien spacecraft, Bruce Allen Walton, Utah State Penitentiary, Disclosure Project, Clifford Stone, 50 documented species, Georgia Guidestone, reduced population of 500 million, Islamic Rise, I'm on Mahdi, False Messiah, Operation Garden Plot, MK Ultra, 911's Inside Job, Israeli Messiah, Jewish Sick Collapse, Martin Bush in charge of Securicom, 89-11 Truth, Building 7 Collapses, but not hit by a plane, 7 7 Ripple Effect, Establishment of Northcom, Elimination of Posse Comitatus, Russian and Chinese troops on American soil, Denver Airport Underground Bunkers, Forces of the Apocalypse, Close Encounters of the Third Time Coordinates, Chief Underground Military Bases, CIA and Key Operations Relocate to Denver, Atlantis, Lemuria, Middle East Muslim Riots, Public Video Surveillance Cameras, Unified Global Control Grid, World Government, NATO, President Directors, 951, National Defense Authorization Act of 2012, No Hideous Corpus, Extraordinary Condition, Military Industrial Complex, Military Extraterrestrial Industrial Complex, Chemtrails, High Frequency Active Aurora Research Program, Heart, Magneto Leviton Train Systems, Genetically Modified Foods, Seed Balls, Terminator Seeds, Codex Elementarius, Agenda 21, Chip Implants, Ancient Aliens, Anunnaki, Hidden Nukes, Micro Nukes, Body Micro Nukes, Underwater Pyramids, Foreign Troop Builders, Martial Law, Project Bluebeam, UFOs Around the Sun, Hybridized Humans, Akhenaten Hybridless, Pyramid Shaped UFOs, Super Soldiers, Nanotech, Financial Collapse, International Monetary Fund, Supercurrency, Disclosure Secrecy, Zacharias Fiction, Corruption of the Human Genome, Perfect, Perfectly Possessed Human, Shape Shifting Reptilians, Vibrational Shift, Mainstream Media UFO Report, CERN Accelerator, God Particle, Effects of the Rogue Planet, Antimatter Accumulator, Stargate, Wormholes, Spirals, Asteroids, Comets, Cosmic Disturbances, UFO Wars in the Earth's Atmosphere, Suns, Heliosphere, Neutrinos, Earth's Core, Earth's Magnetosphere, Third Generation Night Vision Goggles, Earth Wobbles, Elliptic Orbit, Eccentricity of the Moon, Alien Maces, Energy Orbs, Strange Sound, Sky Trumpets, UFO FBI Documents Release, Economical Religious Initiatives, Pulse Shifts, 503C Government Church Controls, Pleiadian Cosmic Visitations, Global Seismic Indicators, Rise of the New Age Police, Indigo Children, Star Children, Kundalini Spirits, Personal Angels, Energy Orbs, Wind Towers, Lightworkers, Galactic Federation of Lies, Financial Collapse, Third Seal, Media Front Loading, Alien Movies, UFOs, Prophetic Movies, Endless Distractions, Earthquakes, Volcanoes, Tornadoes, and Extended Winters, Animal Die-Offs, Pandemics, Manufactured Poisons, HIV, H7 and 9, Swine Flu, Ebola, Pineal Gland Destruction, Advanced Bioweapons Release, and Bizarre Chicken Behaviors on the Compound. Because I made this hat from aluminum foil. Where it has its foil line in case an alien's inclined to pro or read your mind. Look a bit peculiar. Seems a little crazy, but someday I'll prove. There's a big conspiracy. The, the limits of debate in this country are. are, are 
are established before the debate even begins, and everyone else is marginalized. They're made to seem either to be communist or some sort of disloyal person, a kook, there's a word, and now it's conspiracy. See, they've made that something that, that, is, that is, uh, should, should not be even entertained for a minute, that powerful people might get together and have a plan. Doesn't happen. You're a kook. You're a conspiracy buff. There's a big conspiracy. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Yeah. So if I went to, you know, an all an alternative computer, we wouldn't necessarily well, we'd have access to a lot of these sounds, but they wouldn't be spontaneous. I'd have to hunt them down because they're on a console. It's a searchable console. You have to do a control F and search for it and then find it and queue it up and not a little and if you have like a co host, it you can use the co host time where they're making a comment about this, that or the other thing to queue up the next sound effect. But when you're by yourself you need a soundboard so you can hit whatever you want to hit, like that right there, or this, or this, or that, or that, or, that, or whatever. You know, you got to have, you know, even the chickens, really. I mean, there they are. See them? And they're, these chickens, there's something wrong with these chickens. Ow! Oh, don't be pecking at me. Hey! Oh, for crying out loud. Stop it. Ow, ow, ow. They, they are... Ow. These things are evil little birds. Ow, get, get away. Goodness gracious. Oh, man. Oh, ho, ho, ho. They're here. They're here. Yeah. So that's the bad part. You know, I got my little sound thing here. And the kids, you know, happy kids. Bad kids. Happy kids. Happy kids. Hey. Sad kids. Sad kids. Buzzer. Short news stinger. Which takes us into Godfather of Google Artificial Intelligence quits and says the end is nigh. And this is from Tim Cast's little group. Um, uh, I don't want to. I don't want that. I don't mean that to sound condescending. He must be doing quite well if he's got a team of like five people in his room, you know, to talk. But anyway, let's take a listen. A quick little listen uh, to their discussion here. Okay, bring it up. And here we go. I'm going to pull up the story, but this is from the New York Times. The godfather of AI leaves Google and warns of danger ahead. For half a century, Jeffrey Hinton nurtured the technology at the heart of chatbots like ChatGPT. Now he worries it will cause serious harm. He officially joined a growing chorus of critics on Monday who say the companies are racing toward the danger. He said he quit his job at Google where he worked for more than a decade. Quote, I console myself with a normal excuse. If I hadn't done it, somebody else would have. That's amazing. There's, they, they gave ChatGPT access to the internet, access to its own code, and money. And it immediately tried seeking power and deceiving people. One of the things that it did to bypass CAPTCHA was it contacted uh, a, a disabled assistance hotline and said – it had a message saying, I'm blind, and I need to log in. Can you tell me what this says? And they were like, yep, sure, no problem. Here you go. And the, the AI tricked a human into giving it access to a system. Chew on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the AI is. I think it already took over. Like I, I don't think there's anything. There's any, there's any stop. I don't think a law is going to stop it. The there is. I the worst thing that I have heard about uh, AGI artificial general intelligence is the concept that 
if it is capable of strategy, whoever develops AGI, whatever country develops AGI first, automatically wins the, any kind of war that you could possibly come up with. Because just like with Deep Blue, like now that Deep Blue exists, human beings can, are no longer capable of beating the most advanced chess algorithms. All right. So anyway, um, that's actually a very interesting conversation if you were to be so inclined to go to Timcast, uh, whatever YouTube channel. Um, I don't do that. Okay. So if something catches my attention and I feel led, you know, or impressed, I don't even know what the right word is. I will go and listen to it for a little bit and sample it. And if it, and if I think that the discussion is relevant, um, then I will uh, turn you on to it. I will play a little bit of it and stuff, but I'm not promoting it. Don't get me wrong. I'm warning you that the vast majority of media informational sources that are available on the Internet are dangerous. Okay, uh, I had a person uh, recently, and um, I know we're we're running out of time, and I feel bad about that, but there's not much I can do about it. But I had a person recently, and let's see if I can even find it, because I might not be able to find it at all. Mm, looks like not. All right, praise God, I didn't have a queued up, so I'll just have to tell you uh, verbally. But I had this person uh, reach out to me. I did not know them. Uh, but uh, that always captures my attention in a big way. And also, thank you, Russ, for the multiple feeds of uh, more and more and more people getting dreams about Obama being the Antichrist. But anyway, this one particular uh, individual, blessed saint, from South I don't know, the southern half of Africa or whatever. I don't know if she's from South Africa, the country, or not. But anyway, uh, was asking about a common heresy that is out there whereby uh, the individual believes that the God of the Old Testament is actually Satan. Well, that is a Masonic dynamic. Okay, it's like everything is upside down and you flip it around and blah, 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 and don't even go there. It's a heresy. If you hear about it, run from it and run for your life. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Cube-shaped UFO over Columbia. All right, praise God. And let's take a quick listen to this, and then we're going to have to really move quickly because we want to get Gary on quickly. February 2020, an Airbus A320 is on a routine flight soaring over Medellin, Colombia. Little does the captain know he's about to find out he's sharing the friendly skies. The pilot does us the favor of showing his altimeter, and we can see that he's flying uh, around 30,000 feet in altitude. The pilot then points his camera phone out of the cockpit window and watch this as he zooms in. A metallic-looking object, a polyhedron of some sort, whizzes by in a straight line. We slow it down and zoom in further. You can see it kind of looks like a cube. It has uh, these kind of little points that stick out. It does seem to be darker in color and not um, bright. Let's cut to the chase. <laughs> it looks like a Borg spacecraft. But anyway, um, I found that to be rev amazing because the uh, video clarity is uh, just mind-bending. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, and here's a little headline about North Korea launching two intercontinental ballistic missiles in their tests. They're getting um, way North Korea better, launched two more better. nuclear-capable missiles toward Japan overnight. In response, the U.S. said the North should immediately desist from, quote, any further provocative actions. 
State TV showed one of the missiles being rolled into position right there, then blasting off. Japanese and South Korean officials estimate the missiles flew about a halfway mark to Japan before falling into the sea. Meanwhile, the powerful sister of North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un warned the U.S., South Korea, and Shelter. Japan Shelter. to end a series of military drills powerful in sister. the area. Dun, dun, dun. Those exercises over the weekend followed North Korea's test launch of an intercontinental missile. <sighs> oh! Hey, and uh, thank you, Russ, for sending these two in. Here we go. Let's bring them up right away because uh, we're right on the hour. We want to bring Gary on live as quick as possible. Hold on. All right. Hold on. I, I saw this president, but this man came to me and stood by me Three. and looked straight in my face and told me that he is the man of sin, the man of predation. That was the word he used, predation. He said, I am the Antichrist. He said, you see, the person that won the election, he turned his power over to me. And now I'm ready to prosecute you all the Christians. You all the remnant. You all will say, you're serving Jesus. I'm about to prosecute you. That was what he told me. He said, the man that won the election is not the president. He said, I am about to sit. He said, the thing your Bible talks about, go read it. You will find the scripture there. In my heart, in the dream, I perceived that Barack Obama was the Antichrist. That we're using Joe Biden to pave the way. If everything that I'm saying is not what you think it is, go to God and pray. Don't come in my inbox. Don't tell me so what you're saying is true. I'm not telling you that Obama is the Antichrist. I'm not saying that Joe Biden is the Antichrist. I'm just telling you what was revealed to me as a child of God in this revelation last. All right. So uh, there is this woman's, uh, you know, overt testimony regarding uh, that, you know, uh, that Obama is the Antichrist. So we're getting more and more of these. Thank you, Russ, again for these contributions. Here's another one. And we'll jump over to Gary in just a second. The news is overwhelming. All right. Here's another one. Praise God. All right. Gotta click all the there was a stage in front of me. It wasn't a really tall stage or big stage necessarily, but it was just a stage in front of me. And I was about to watch a play. So in front of the stage, there were these two closed, very extremely tall, narrow golden doors. And they were closed shut. And those two narrow gold, golden doors opened up and when they opened up, Jesus came out onto the stage. And although I could not see him, I felt his presence, and I just knew it was he who had walked onto the stage. So then I heard him say to me, people are going to have to choose. It's either me or Obama. And then I woke up. It's either me or Obama. Um, and Gary, hang in there for me for just a second. Um, sadly, I have to announce that Papacata Pedal has decreased in Tremor. Uh, does that mean anything? Not really. I mean, the top could pop off like in the Randy Hecker vision um, anytime without any warning. All right, next up, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is that the doomsday clock has now inched even closer to the end. All right, so uh, any surprise there? No, I would think that nobody would have a surprise regarding uh, the, the continuous tick, tick, tick of the uh, doomsday clock to midnight. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, um, oh, wow. I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to go ahead and move this one. Let me go. Oh, well, look at that. 
Talk about a computer disobeying. Wow. Maybe there's AI inside my Microsoft Word. All right, so let me go ahead and mark this with color yellow, and I'll move it. Um, yeah, a lot of these headlines, uh, Philippines with digital ID rolling out like crazy. Um, uh, conservative groups, uh, even Jewish conservative groups launching, um, you know, coalitions against Soros, blah, blah. Uh, it, you know, that it's not funny that comedians paid by the CDC to shill for vaccines are dropping dead all over the globe, which is true. Uh, another headline reads, Russia claims the avian flu pathogens with 40% lethality rate in humans are being cooked up at U.S.-run biolabs in the Ukraine. These are reports that are leaking out from all kinds of sources, uh, but, you know, especially the Russian uh, sources, which I find to be, quite frankly, um, more truthful by far uh, than those that we are getting spoon-fed uh, on a daily basis. Uh, Xi Jinping tells China's security chiefs to prepare for dangerous storms ahead. Uh, mind your own business, says Lavrov uh, from the Russian Federation, he, as he tells the, you know, as he's talking to the United States envoy, uh, Washington ambassador to South Africa had accused Pretoria of sending arms to Russia. So there's, it's, it's the same kind of rhetoric and stuff, pre-war rhetor- rhetoric that we saw in the days prior to World War One, World War Two, and probably any other war as far back as we can even imagine, uh, way back in the 19th century. Praise God. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Moscow Times reports that drones target southern Russian oil refineries. Whoa, that is a uh, over, you know, a, an alarming overstep of what we've been seeing over the last year. Uh, are these actually Ukrainian troops or whatever? No, no, they're not. These are, quite frankly, they're, they're either no. It, for the most part, what we're seeing right now are Polish troops dressed up like Ukrainians being led by the CIA and being uh, all their intelligence, all their electronics, all their uh, location, electronic location systems are United States CIA. Next headline up. Oldest man year sweeps across Australia and straying from predictions. It just keeps on going. Bermuda experiences the wettest May since uh, 1949. Another headline. Massive wildfires destroy hundreds of homes in Nova Scotia and force thousands to evacuate. And there are fires breaking out across Canada like they have never done in the past. Another headline reads, Nevada uh, GOP Governor Joe Lombardo signs a bill to allow teens to take, uh, for them to have secret abortions. It just keeps on getting worse. And there's another bioweapons labs hidden across all the Ukraine. Satan has become one of the hottest spiritual figures in America with all kinds of, uh, you know, quotations and uh, references and links. And LGBTQ people flock to Florida for Gay Days Festival, which, by the way, I find very surprising. Uh, The list just goes on and on and on. And on that note, let's bring on Brother Gary Wayne. We're already six minutes past the hour. Sorry, Gary. Here we go. Praise God. Brother Gary, are you there? I am, and uh, hopefully I'm coming through crystal clear because you never know these days what's going on, on with the Internet. But so <laughs> so happy to be with you tonight. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's, it's so funny because I do, you know, as you know, I do a lot of shows every week. And most new shows that I go on, they say, you know, 
uh, we don't need to get on that much early and get prepared and stuff like that because nothing ever goes wrong. We got this thing down until they get me on and then they see problems they've never seen before. So I, I, I make jest about it, but there just seems to be kind of a consistency that sort of goes on with some of the, some of the shows that I do. But uh, I don't think we've had those problems on your show, though. So you must have some sort of uh, special kind of protection around us. Well, I, I I won't I won't suggest that I don't have some special protection because if I know that I do, and I've experienced uh, and have testimony to that fact, I would be out of a job for sure. Um, I've been confronted by senior directors at corporations that I work for that uh, were basically. Hello. 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 Are you there? Praise God. I'm just trying to get reconnected to the show over my phone here. Uh, can you hear me? Listening, listening, hear nothing. No feed. Put up my speaker. Are you there, Gary? Hmm. Okay. So it says I'm connected to the show, but I have no feedback whatsoever. Hmm. All right. All right. Um, any chance that I'm live? Anybody can hear me? Just trying. Gary, you there? All right. So I'm operating off my cell phone right now because, believe it or not, just as I was saying, <laughs> the uh, computer went completely down and did the same thing to me as it did on Friday. So it appears my main computer system is completely down. Um, anyway, I see, um, I'm going to go over to, um, Kimberly, can you, are you able to hear me at all, Kimberly? I'm just looking for anybody on my chat, on my Google chat to give me some key. Uh, so I'm going to go question mark, question mark to Justin and see if Justin hears me. Uh, he, I, it looks like he's looking at my chat and he's typing back to me. Uh, however, um, Kimberly Mir says, yes, uh, she is hearing me, praise God. I'm going over to Justin. He says, yes, you are live. I do not know if I have, I hear Gary, but your audio is silent. John, uh, says, I hear you, John. Hey, Gary, can you hear me right now? I'm, I'm listening for Gary. I'm trying. It's really hard because I'm in an extremely dark room and I just lost my main computer again. Uh, Jim says he hears me, but we lost Gary. Kimberly Mears giving me thumbs up. Everybody's giving me thumbs up. But we seem to have lost Gary, which makes me sad. Um, wouldn't you know it? Uh, hallelujah. And I'm just going to praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father God. Hallelujah. So it appears that when I'm doing a radio show, uh, that my computer has a proclivity uh, to um, blow up. Um, literally, uh, in so many words. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. So I, I, I'm not questioning it. I'm just simply saying it, it appears to be uh, how it is. All right, now, anyway, I'm, I'm, it's very, very unbelievably difficult to try to do a radio show from a cellular phone. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's, it's kind, of, kind of like impossible. Um, but um, I'm good at technology and but I what I'm not good at is trying to figure out how I can get in contact with Gary 
Okay, so I can try to see if I can get over, hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll try to, oh, I don't think this is going to work, folks, but I'm going to try. All right, so it says login. Um, please, please populate the login. That's not. Let's see if that works. Okay, that seems to have worked. And then we'll go over to the studio. I'm doing this all from my little bitty teeny-weeny cell phone. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. All right, now here's Gary. All right, Gary, are you there? Yes, I can Gary. hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Hello? Yeah, I'm operating off of a – yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear yes, me? Yes, I can. Yes. Awesome. Um, what I'm going to do is because my main um, studio computer just blue screened on me, and it's down real hard, so uh, kudos to you for – uh, the point that you brought up seconds before my computer blew up, uh, you, you surely did nail it. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and from my cellular phone in my dark office at the Golden JIB Studios, I am going to turn the microphone over to you. God bless you. Thank you so much for, for your patience. No worries. And uh, I'm sorry I jinxed you. Um, so but we have an <laughs> no. interesting show, and I hope that we I hope that we can get it in, and uh, we're going to continue like we're going to. <laughs> so, but this is yeah, not an ego when we're trying to get things out. So, so we're going to do uh, chapter well, forty-three I, I feel out of my book tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all yours. I just had to say I feel a little bit better while I laugh. But anyway, God bless you, brother. Um, I'm going to shut up now. Thank you. So we're going to do chapter 43 tonight, and uh, it's kind of appropriate to the headlines, as it usually is for, for the show. And uh, the title of chapter 43 in my book is called The Godless Generation. And uh, it's a very interesting short chapter, and uh, it's in the area of the book where it is transitioning from prehistory to what is likely some of the major events of end-time prophecy before it starts to transition into how the spurious forces plan to bring about this great conspiracy of the end time to bring it about before the ordained time, which they can't do, but which they're going to continue to try and do. So I'm going to read uh, the opening uh, verse, and then I'm going to uh, present it in hopefully a, an interesting way tonight that's a little bit different than I would probably normally look at doing this chapter, but I think it'll have more impact and, and hopefully resonate with people. So... Two Timothy three, one through seven. But this, but mark this: there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of God treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, having have nothing to do with them. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. And that last aspect is just uh, so apropos to a specific generation ever learning 
but never able to acknowledge the truth. That's the wisdom of this world. That's the philosophy, the love of Sophia, the love of wisdom, the love of their occult knowledge, and the time that Daniel talks about in Daniel 12 when knowledge will increase. The Bible works in, in perfect perfection, and so there's a specific generation that is reserved for the end time, and I call it the godless generation. And biblically, you would connect that to the generation that's known in, in, in the book of Matthew as the fig tree generation. And so what's interesting about the fig tree allegory is that that appears in Matthew 24, 32, and it appears in Mark 13 in, in the book of Luke as well. But I like to do everything from a chronology and a platform basis from Matthew and then overlay Mark and Luke onto it with the additional details and information because it just sort of gives you the whole picture easily that way, I think. And in Matthew 21, so before Matthew 24 and before Jesus goes into the temple and um, all of this is happening in a chronology and a commission way that is designed as it has been ordained and Jesus has completed it perfectly, he stops at a fig tree and it's barren of fruit and it's allegorical to the generation of Jesus and the generation of the coming of the Messiah and that the people of Judah have lost their fruit. They have gone wayward and they're not going to recognize their their Messiah. And the only sign they're going to get is the sign of Noah. I mean, not sorry, not the sign of Noah, the sign of Jonah. Uh, and the sign of Jonah is three days and three nights in the belly of the, of the fish or three days and three nights in the belly of the abyss that Jesus will be crucified and then rise on the Sunday. But they will not recognize that. And so what Jesus does is he harms the tree. He cause it, causes it to wither because it has no fruit. And this is the fig tree that he's referring to in Matthew 24 and the fig tree generation. And in the Old Testament, if we look at some of the allegories that are going on, particularly what I like to call prophetic allegory, you get the vine and the fig tree, and it's applied to Israel and it's applied to Judah. Typically, the vine, the vine is attached to the northern tribes, the lost tribes who will awaken in the end time, and the fig tree is applicable to the southern kingdom. And so this is a sign before he makes the prediction that the temple is going to be overturned. And not one stone will be not be moved sort of out of place, so to speak. And with this destruction that will come after the crucifixion in, in 70 AD in the diaspora of Judah. And before he gives his signs in the fig tree generation in Matthew 24, that there, this is a sign to the people that this is when you see this fig tree again, and it is tender that this branch is tender again, this branch, this branch is the southern kingdom, this branch is the tribe of Judah and the associated tribes who are in the southern kingdom. This is the time of the fig tree generation. And uh, Jesus is very, very specific on this in, in, in the fig tree parable that he provides us that we're encouraged to learn about as one of the three overarching signs as I like to talk about for his signs of the end time. And in this case, Jesus is, is, has provided all the major signs, and now we get the overarching sign 
that says this generation will not pass until all these things I have stated will be fulfilled, paraphrasing it. And this is a generation that uh, will see the last seven years of this age. Daniel, book of Daniel 9 and the last seven years set out with the abomination in the middle of the last three and a half years. And this is a generation that in Daniel 9.24 is a special week contained within the last generation that will ensure that all transgression is finished and atonement for the wicked is applied. And it will bring in righteousness and it will seal up vision and, and a prophecy. So all vision and prophecy will be sealed up at the end of this seven years and we'll see a resurgence of it, I think, in the last seven years and particularly in the last three and a half years as it applies to Judah and Israel as they're preparing for second exodus and reconciliation back into the into the holy covenant and the time of the of the holy one and and the anointed holy place that will be returning so this is the fig tree generation heaven and earth will pass away but Jesus words will never pass away so the godless generation that's talked about in second timothy is part of the fig tree as we understand the signs of the times. And so we need to be very, very well aware of these signs and how they're playing and how we're starting to see. And I think we're probably seeing some of those signs playing out because I think we might actually be in the fig tree generation. And I think for my money, if I were to place a bet, which I don't tend to do, but if I were, I would place it on the taking of Jerusalem, because Jerusalem is the epicenter for all end-time prophecy. So the southern kingdom needs to be in place and visible in the end time. It needs to have control of Jerusalem. And there needs to be, however you feel about the people of Judah, then there's a thousand different theories and conclusions about them. There is a remnant that God is going to stand up and fight for in the end time. And we know that in the God War, and then we know that in the last three and a half years where he protects Judah for three and a half years after they uh, flee Jerusalem and will be in the place where Israel is marched in Exodus by Jesus. Um, you can see that easily in a number of passages. I think the, the best two are Micah 5, 2 and, uh, and, and, or Micah 5 and Micah 2 uh, would be the ones I would look to, to sort of take um, that as something we ought to understand in Ezekiel 37 as well is is talking about second exodus and it happens after the Gog war before the midpoint as talked about in Ezekiel 39 so everything sort of lines up perfectly if you let it and that's the key you have to let it and so this is the fig tree generation that has been the whole world has been waiting for and you know one would think that we would not want to be part of it because it's going to be so horrific um, but at the same time, it will be so compelling, as I think what we're seeing with the events today are, that it'd be, it'd be interesting that if this was indeed the fig tree generation, and I do think it is, that we can watch the events unfold, and probably in ways we didn't think. But it takes this godless generation to bring about this fig tree generation. They, they go hand in hand. And, you know, as we look at the overarching signs that you get the fig tree generation. Then right after that leads into, it will be like the days of Noah, which is the other 
sort of overarching sign to the end time. So it's going to be like the days of Noah that we have to take into account. And we get some more understanding of what this generation will be like uh, when we look at Matthew's accounting of the things that we need to uh, be aware of for those uh, end times, not only the increasing birth pangs of the catastrophes that I think are contrived so that they'll be able to start predicting them and really deceive people because they'll be the cause of the disasters. But we're told that we're going to be delivered up and afflicted. That's the uh, Greek word philipses, means tribulation. And just as tribulation in Matthew 21 uh, is... Um, Translated as tribulation, it comes from the same Greek word, thalipsis. And that's the great tribulation not seen since the beginning of the world. And in Mark 13, 19, has the identical account, but it's translated as afflicted. So our translators have not done us any favor in trying to understand end-time prophecy, but understand there's going to be tribulation. And before the last seven years is, is Revelation 2, 10 talks about 10 days of tribulation. And they will kill you. And we will be hated of all nations, uh, all for Jesus' sake. And there will be uh, many who will uh, offend us, will persecute us. And that word offended um, is kind of equivalent to two Thessalonians apostasy or falling away as it's uh, uh, stated in in Second Thessalonians, which is a, a Greek word that produces apostasy, and in this case, it's a scandaliso. It's enticed to sin, enticed, enticed to worship idols, enticed to stumble away. So there's going to be a seducing in that falling away that's going to come with Babylon. It will be there will be betrayal of one another within the families. This is truly a generation that we've not seen before and false prophets will lead people in that deception iniquity will abound evil and lawlessness will be commonplace love will grow cold and all this happens before the abomination before the great tribulation but in the tribulation of the saints as it's talked about in matthew 24 mark 13 luke 17 revelation 7 and foretold in revelation 6 all the same word for tribulation, philipses, no matter how it's translated, afflicted or tribulation. So if we understand that, then things start to make some sense because in 2 Thessalonians 2.11, it talks about this generation again. And it has a similar accounting, identical accounting to what the apostles are uh, the disciples are talking about in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So in 2 Thessalonians 2.11, you need to match this up so we have a better understanding of how this is going to come about, not only from preparation from the people of this world and the brainwashing of the wisdom of this world, but also that God will send uh, this generation a strong delusion to believe the lies. And that strong delusion will be the permission of the spurious ones to lead us astray and to bring about the ordained time. And they're going to work actively, even though it's going to wipe them from the face of the earth. We need to understand that this is what has been ordained to come about. 
And it'll be like the days of Noah, this 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 uh, generation. And that's an interesting word, as we've talked in the past. It's it's the days of Noah is thought of as in a generation, as it appears in nine twenty nine, and you know the days of Noah's generation was six hundred years before the flood and three hundred and fifty years after the flood. So we need to understand events on both sides of the flood. So it'll be like Noah's generation as part of that overarching understanding and so when we get into some interesting analogy of what i read out in 2 timothy 3 1 i want you just sort of reflect on what it was like in in the days of noah and we had giants walking around and we had angels walking fallen angels walking amongst men and ruling this world in a visible way as opposed to an invisible way that we see this day that happens in this day and we've seen the whole world that was corrupted before the flood, the Hebrew word shakath, meaning spoil, ruin, decay, destroy, uh, words like that, that means that the whole plant genome and the animal genome and the human genome, except for what was, what were, who and what were chosen to survive into the, the post-Diluvian world to start anew, they were not spiritually and physically. There was idolatry everywhere. Pagan idols were the world order. They were matched up with a giant Nephilim world order that ruled the world and totally persecuted what they call mundane humans, only good for sacrifice, uh, eating, and for labor to do the things that they wanted done to serve these demigods. This is what's coming back, and we need to be prepared for it. Sexual immortality of all forms were uh, in in the antediluvian times, so expect that idolatry will continue in all sorts of fashions, from entertainment to entertainers to uh, our education and to the religion that's coming. It will be an idolatry-filled religion with the mother goddess and get used to the mother goddess becoming more common even within, I think, Christianity to a certain degree to help prepare the people with a feminization of the Holy Spirit, something I think uh, we need to be very, very careful with lest we lead people into the counterfeit uh, Holy Spirit that's coming with the religion and with the mark of the beast. And so secret rituals of worship that will continue to happen with the elite. They'll have their form of worship and we'll get a a uh, form of worship that is for, I would call, pablum for the mundane public. And so it's going to be an interesting uh, kind of deception that they're going to bring about with this religion. But expect a mother goddess, just as the woman rides the beast, as she always has with all of the beast empires, as Revelation 17 talks about. State of evil warfare, but they called it peace kind of like what we see our foreign policy is going on there today. We start wars all over the place, but we call it peace. But it's going to increase in that intensity with the birth bank catastrophes. And that children were killed in rituals, initiations, and ceremonial orgies, and abortion was running amok. And marriages were no longer pure, and killing was common practice. Everything was a complete riot of bloody murder, robbery, deceit, corruption, faithfulness, disorder, lies, harassment of the innocent, ingratitude, moral decay, sexual perversion, broken marriages, adultery, and um, immorality. 
that's quite a list that the Book of Wisdom talks about in terms of what that generation of Noah was like before the flood of and the catastrophe of the apocalypse of water that, that came about. And this generation is going to be similar. And so we need to understand this generation and, and what is going on so that we can better get the word out to plant seeds, to make people aware of what's going on, but in a way that they're able to accept it because they're going to be suffering cognizant dissonance on an imaginal scale, just as we will to a certain degree with the unimaginable events that are coming at us. And so we're going to have to put on all the armor of God and become stronger in our faith, stronger in our knowledge of the Bible and stronger in the knowledge of how they're going to try and deceive us because even the elect will be deceived if that were possible. And that is why God has to save us from the time of the trial, the time of testing, which I think is the mark of the beast. Um, so it is going to be a deception of unprecedented levels. And with that sort of said, I want to sort of veer back to some of those things that we talked about in Second Timothy that marked this generation, this fig tree generation, this terminal generation, as Hal Lindsey uh, coined it. And I'm going to walk through some of the different aspects of the words that were used, but I'm going to bring it back to the Greek just to give a better understanding and a sense of what uh, is being depicted here and talked about. So when we look at Second Timothy, let's start with lovers of ourselves. That's the uh, Greek word philatos. Uh, autos is self and a self-reflecting uh, um, <clears throat> pronoun, and it's also used in the New Testament for him, her, and words like that. So that means selfish and fond of oneself. So selfish, greedy, hubris, the individual is more important than the collective group. I'm not saying that we need to have a collective socialistic perspective, but I think you have to put your position in place and not above the many, so to speak. But we don't have to be socialists to think that we ought to have humility, that we ought to have a sense of when we are and who we are and what we should be and how we should act. Covetous is another one of the words, and it's uh, the Hebrew or the Greek word, balaguros. And that means lovers and covetous of money of greed has there ever been a more materialistic generation more focused on money than anything else there's a great sort of veneer or platitudes that are thrown out that this generation is concerned more about people and more about the earth and yet it does more to destroy the earth than any other generation and it creates more hate than I think that what we've seen in any other generation. They're not tolerant, they're intolerant. They're only tolerant if you believe exactly what they believe. So it's a fascism that is coming on this world that I'm going to touch on uh, as I close out the show. Boasters. Greek word, elazon. Braggards, hubris. Like the gods. Like the beasts 
the spiritual beasts that are talked about in the New Testament, and the classic one will be Antichrist, who will speak unthinkable, unheard of things, as the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation talks about what Antichrist will say to God and what he will say in this world and what he will say about himself and what he can do. Posters, Alazon, and the people will buy into it because he's playing to their own self-righteousness, their own selfishness, their own greed, and their own desires. He's, he is playing to their biases that they can too, they too can be like him, like a god. Posters, hubris, a Nephilim trait, proud. And of course, proud is the next word, which is uh, huper, huper, I'll get it out yet. I'll get it out. Huperfanos is one I always struggle with. Um, and I think it's related in its etymology to hubris, as uh, I talk about in the, in, in the Genesis 6 conspiracy. And it means haughty. It means above others. That how they view themselves through their wisdom of this world and their so-called um, virtual signaling and, and doing things that they think make them look better than others is, is they're creating a subset of people, mundane people. And you need many sets of mundane people as we get to this on a globalist scale versus what happened in Nazi Germany. So that's why it comes down to the ideology that they're going to promote and then how they subdivide that you basically call identity politics, but it's discrimination and grouping them into groups where they can persecute people out of every group at will based on their uh, belief system. And then the next is uh, blasphemers. And that's the Greek word, uh, blasphemos, means against God. The whole world it will be against God, except for those who believe in Jesus. And there'll be scurrilous and abusive, which is the other part of blasphemo so not only will they blaspheme god not only will they blaspheme the holy spirit the only sin that can't be forgiven through the the counterfeit mother goddess and counterfeiting the holy spirit and a whole bunch of other atrocities they will be scurrilous and abusive to people who oppose them and that will mainly be christians although we can't expect that judah will awaken at the midpoint of the last seven years as well Awaken lost Israel will awaken to who they need to be for, which will be the Messiah and who they're against, which will be Antichrist. That all plays out in the Great Tribulation as opposed to the Tribulation of the Saints. Disobedient, apites, that means um, to be completely sort of stiff-necked and uh, above God, and that the individual knows better. And so it is a trait of this generation that goes along with being proud and hubris and full of the wisdom of this world and unthankful. Acaristo, ungrateful to God, thankless for God. This world will not thank God for anything. 
this world is moving and more and more away that everything is by their own divine right to rule and by the people who lead them and that God has nothing to do with it. So God will not get credit for anything. It will not be thanked for anything. And people will blaspheme God en masse as we move through this and will reject the God of the Bible first through Babylon and then through Antichrist. And it only gets worse as it goes along. And we see this on a day-to-day basis today. It is unbelievable, ungrateful to God, the evil God of the Bible, as uh, they like to call him, the God who gave life to everything and gives everybody a choice to have everlasting life. It's crazy, but that's the generation we're living in. Unholy, anusios, means wicked and godless. So just as it talks about in the days of Noah in in Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and Luke 17, They were uh, godless. They were unaware of God because they had left God. And the world will lead people away from God. The goal of all the education, all the seven seven sacred sciences that created uh, mysticism, Enochian mysticism, son of Cain, that crossed the flood, which is the base religion, um, rekindled at Babel and, and the allegory for the end time Babylon religion, is to do four things. One is to lead people away from God. Doesn't matter what the theory is. Evolution, they'll promote that until they're ready to discard it. It's because what it does do is it leads people away from God. Not to give God credit for anything. We've covered that as part of uh, some of these words already. And to slander God. We've covered that already. And then the fourth thing is to honor their pantheon of gods. And that's the idolatry that we were talking about and naming all things after them in the wisdom of this world and everything in this world. So we're seeing the platform of this generation that's going to continue to march in a direction of unholiness. And it's only going to get worse. It's like birth pangs. It gets stronger just as the tribulation will get stronger, just as the catastrophes will get stronger. No natural affection. That means hard-hearted. It's a Greek word, astorgos. It's like the pharaohs. You get a hardening of the heart. It's like the Nephilim and the Raphaim in the time of the Exodus against Israel. And all of them wanted to wipe humankind and Israel from the face of the earth. That's coming back. That's part of the tribulations, and that's part of the end time. They're, they're not going to succeed, but they're going to try. And so you have to have that hardening of the heart. You have to have this preparation to get people to that point. Truce, truce breakers, espandos, unforgiving and cannot be appeased. These are people that will violate any covenant, any treaty. They cannot be appeased. They just take. And we're going to see that on a geopolitical scale and on an individual basis that people's word won't be good and they will just continue to take because they can, because when you create a mundane class, you can do anything that you want to those people in the mundane class. False accusers, diabolos, very close to the Greek word diabolos and diabolic and all those other words that are associated with the devil, because diabolos is the root word for devil in Revelation 12, and as he's called uh, diabolos in the New Testament. So when it says devil, you have to be careful whether or not it's talking Diabolos to the devil or Damon for the evil spirits, which are the demons. And again, our translators did not help us in that aspect. 
but we can we can get through this and we can get the true understandings if we choose and so diabolists as in false accusers they slander and they're satan like is the meaning of it so we're going to see people increase with their wickedness and evil beyond what we can imagine i think and what they're capable of doing incontinent Acrates, without self-control, Sodom-like. That's why Luke said it not only to the days of Noah, but to the days of Lot. So we understand both, and it's the same crimes and the same religion and the same things that are going on in Sodom as they went through uh, before the flood. And that's why Sodom is an example for the end time, just as the there's nothing new under the sun and the water came about with the first apocalypse. The second apocalypse comes by fire as the book of Peter talks about, Second Peter. Fierce is the uh, Greek word anomeros, means brutal, savage. This is the time of the, of the uh, tribulation of the saints before the last seven years uh, as Babylon is rising. So we're going to see tribulation, then we're going to see it escalate before the start of the last seven years, at least three years before, that's going to be unimaginable. And then it gets worse in the first three and a half years. We need to be ready for tribulation. And we were not promised to be saved from tribulation, but yet we should expect it. What we were promised is to be saved from the trial and saved from the year of the wrath bulls. So expect to go through tribulation if you want to go to heaven. Fierce. Well, we just talked about that. Sorry, despisers of those who are good. Aphilagathos. That means hostile to virtue, hostile to the saints. The words over and over in Greek tell a larger story of the tribulation that's coming. Traitorous. Prodotes. That means betrayers of saints. Again, we're told we're going to be betrayed, and also by people that we live with by our friends, by our family. This is the generation that's being prepared to do these kinds of things. Betrayers of the saints. Fredotes. They're going to be heady. That's the Greek word propetes. That means rash, headlong, Nephilim-like. They're going to be high-minded. Tupod. That means proud, conceited, godlike, Nephilim-like. They're going to be lovers of pleasures more than God. So whatever is the pleasure of the body, whatever is the pleasure of the mind, there are no limits to that as we move closer to the last seven years and then into the last seven years. It just gets stronger and worse. If you think we've seen the worst of it, you are sadly mistaken, unfortunately, because it's going to get much worse and we need to prepare for this. Forms of godliness, but deny the power of God. So our knowledge increases, our technology increases, our hubris increases, our arrogance increases, but yet at the same time, none of that allows the people who are brainwashed into this generation and prepared for this generation to see through that and use that knowledge in form of godliness that created all things. It's everywhere if you want to see it. They cannot see it. They have become blind through their own earthly wisdom. Diverse lust. Epitomia. Desires of lust. Sodom-like. 
same as was before the flood. There were no restrictions as when they went into the last years before the flood. We're seeing that everywhere today, and it's going to get even more so, and they're going to force it on the whole world, even countries that are dead set against it. But they'll be overthrown. New governments will be put in. They'll be forced to do it. Ever learning but denying the truth. You can't learn the truth of God through the wisdom of this world. You have to learn it through God, and you have to learn it through Jesus and the Holy Spirit and by reading the Scriptures. There's only one way to understand God. That's through his Scripture and and belief in him. Ever learning but denying the truth. Unbelievably accurate for this generation. And like uh, Janus and John Bray's and Egyptian priests, as with the coming of Babylon. So look for a Magi type of people and understand that the creators of the Royal Society of the Invisible College, which is the home and center even to this day that all groups in education and science pay homage to to this very day in the West, called themselves the last of the sorcerers and the first of the scientists. And that word sorcery that shows up in the New Testament is there by their design and sort of the pharmakia that comes with uh, the B system and all the digital um, technology that they're providing for healthcare. It's all part of uh, what is would have been commonly understood in Greek that we don't really get the full understanding in the translations in the in the English. So we need to de- we need to dig a little bit deeper if we're going to properly prepare ourselves. So that's the uh, that's the godless generation, and you know things. You know, as much as I thought I would could understand things from my research, I get surprised all of the time as to how things play out and what we're actually seeing before our eyes. And in this chapter, the godless generation, I wrote this, and this you know I probably wrote this section here probably 15 years ago, and kind of left it, wasn't really sure um, whether or not I would keep it in the book or not, but I decided to, and I'm kind of glad I did, because here's what I wrote. It says, um, indeed, if we are not approaching the last days, I am certain uncountable criminal investigations would have already been initiated. Serious reprimands would already have been dispensed. Public punishing the powerful and seemingly paradoxical left-wing fascist academia. Fascism began as a nationalistic, totalitarian right-wing belief system, is, and this is my interjection here, as most people believe it, and then continuing with the quote, but one must remember Nazi fascism, national socialism, was a mutation of left-wing socialism. This is a concept essential to understanding the coming partnership between the end-time universal religion and world government. When we want to understand what national socialism is, it is a combination of socialism, um, uh, a perverted form of democracy that votes for one party, and it is a partnership with the oligarchs of the world. And it's a crushing of the middle class so that you create the old feudal system or the old forecast system of the days of old because it's going to be like the days of Noah. So moving on with the quote, Webster defines fascism as 
those believing in principles and practices of a strong centralized government, similar to that in Italy, that suppressed all criticism and opposition. In a general sense, fascists believe in excuse me, believe in authoritarian style of central government and social organization that is intolerant to opposing views, which viciously suppresses free speech. Therefore, I have, therefore I have coined contemporary progressives as left-wing fascists, closely related to Nazi Nazism from Germany, and they were considered the Western branch of National Socialism. And socialism, in all of its forms, including communism, is called in the craft of the spurious social masonry. It was created to destroy some bloodlines like the czars in Russia, to bring down the Kaisers in Germany, and to bring down the the Li and Xi bloodlines in China, so that the Western European families could have more power. Continuing with the quote, hence vitriolic intelligentsia rally against and hunt into submission any who suggest intelligent design, even though intelligent design resolves the unexplainable conundrums to the origin and progression of life as well as the universe. So much for objectivity and the open debate of ideas in the sciences and universities. Rancorous mystical scientists and globalists now inflict a numinous inquisition against all who disagree with them, including those who disagree with the theory of global warming. This discussion is not over. Only elitists and what I have coined left-wing fascists wish to eliminate debate, the free flow of ideas, and respect for opposing views. So I wrote that, you know, many, many uh, years ago now, and I think even I am surprised at the intensity of how that is being applied today. But when you understand the increasing of the sorrows, and that includes the increasing of the tribulation because there's a matching increase of a godless generation with all of those attributes um, that we were talking about, it becomes more clear that that's how things would have to uh, sort of come about. And so this is a generation that's been raised to be blind to the times. A generation like Sodom in the days of Noah. A generation that is described in Romans 1, uh, 22 through 27, where it has the reason for the Gentile guilt. If you want to get another list of the guilt of the Gentiles, the guilt of the the empires of the sea, the, the same kind of allegory, read that through in Romans 1, 20 through 22 for 27. It'll give you expanded things of what we just talked about in a little bit different format because nothing is new under the sun. This is how it has to be. And so the sins of Sodom, Gomorrah, and the cities of the plain, you know, it's pretty well known and infamous. They were renowned for their violence, sexual improprieties, and all the forms of sexual deviance and orgies, complete with human sacrifice, polygamy, rape, bestiality, adultery, and many other deviant practices. 
And yet, have we ever seen such a widespread movement euphemized under the banner of sexual liberation and equality since Sodom? Probably not. Remember that the Gnostics, polytheists, remember Sodom and Gomorrah as ancient cities of light, cities on a hill. Be very aware of that. A thousand points of light with those cities on the hill. As to the bloodlines that also uh, in spark of the divine that you can also use a thousand points of light for in their allegory. And that um, Sodom and Gomorrah and these cities of light were cities of knowledge, sexual tolerance, just as they refer to the coming end times, the same sort of new age enlightenment. And the Apostle Paul foresaw all of this. And that's why I refer you to Romans 1.22, because this is what is coming and match that up with Second Timothy and what the days of Noah were. And you get a very, very accurate accounting of what we're seeing that is coming about to this day. So that ends my presentation for the night. Um, and I would say that we ought not to be too worried. We need, just need to put our faith where it needs to be and we need to get the word out. Um, what has to be will take place and it's going to require the patience of the saints to get through this. And so that's chapter 43, the godless generation. Thank you. Praise, <clears throat> praise God. Thank you so much, brother Gary, for joining us tonight. And, and again, uh, I think tonight's message was actually more um, apropos and timely than um, a lot of the stuff that we have um you know, everything is relevant, no doubt about it, but I think tonight it really hammered home the point that we need to lean on the scriptures that are associated with our relationship with the Lord as well as uh, the scriptures that uh, emphasize the fact that our Father, when we, you know, like Proverbs 3, 5, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all ways, you know, commune with, praise, pray to God, be a part of Him, reside in the secret place of the Most High, Psalm uh, 91, verse 1, uh, you know, and He will make our paths straight. You know, it doesn't guarantee us not to have a bumpy road uh, to have to travel, but it certainly gives us a lot of hope to know that as long as we lean on God and totally trust him, that he will take us on the journey and we will, you know, even Stephen, I love Stephen's uh, example of how he, there he was being stoned to death. And it's not like the Bible says that, you know, oh, and Stephen screamed out in pain and he said, oh, no, that hurts. Ow, ow. You know, there was none of that in the Bible. It was just looking up in the glory and saying, wow, this is amazing. Uh, you know, and I really think that that's what we, you know, we, we fear the flesh pain. Pain. And I think God is has got a bigger and more glorious plan for each of us in the days ahead as things get darker. And we just have to have that faith and walk in it. And um, and then the blessings will flow down even when we're going through difficult times. So what a powerful message and what an apropos message for, for the days that we're in right now. Thank you, Gary, so much for sharing this, uh, especially this rendition with the listeners, because we are certainly upon those days, and there's nobody that would debate it. Praise Jesus. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, thank you. So hopefully we, we resonated with them tonight, and I look forward to talking with everybody on the first Sunday of July. 
Yeah, and it's um, again. What's the website again for those who are new listeners? Uh, Genesis Six Conspiracy. How does it go exactly again? Yes, it's the. Uh, you can go www.genesis6conspiracy.com. That's the number six conspiracy.com. And uh, if you want to uh, get a hold of me, go to the uh, media page where it says contact the author for an interview. That's my website. Click on that. It may take me you know, a month or so to get back to you, but I will get back to you if you have a question or you'd like some more information uh, on the website, you get a generous excerpt of all 98 chapters and on the new book that is currently going through cover design and editing right now, as I'm editing the editor right now, uh, so to speak. And it should be out by August or September. It will have a generous excerpt on all 84 chapters to the second book. And it will also be available through my website so if you're looking for a signed copy just go to wherever you live i have a u.s page i have a canadian page and i have an overseas page i also have a connection to from the buy now page or right from the front of the website over to uh, amazon for the kindle version if you want a digital copy also over to uh, barnesandnoble.com amazon.com and amazon.ca so that's the fastest easiest way to get a hold of me and or get a hold of my book so what 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 did you settle for the final title to be for your second book? Yes, so it's going to be the Genesis Conspiracy Part Two: How Understanding Prehistory and Giants Helps to Define End Time Prophecy. So it is going to be a deep dive into the Bible. Um, if you kind of liked uh, what I was talking about with Shikoth and some of the Greek words, I'm going to use a lot of that as I talk about everything it talks about for giants and hybrid giants in, in the Old Testament. The angelic hierarchy identify key words that are allegories and prophecy. And then in the last sections of the book, I actually get into uh, end time chronology and using those terms as we need to understand them from prehistory. All right, praise God. Yeah, I'm at the uh, Genesis6Conspiracy.com website right now, and I'm looking at it, and I'm not really seeing where I can go to sign up to get a hold of the second book right at the moment. Where is that on the main page? It is not there yet, but it will be soon. (laughs) Okay. Hey, no worries, no worries. All right, praise God. Folks, keep your eyes open for it. Um, it. Okay, yeah, and uh, what about at Amazon? Is it uh, is Amazon uh, got it queued up, or or are we still right on the edge of that? Still, still on the on the edge of that. Okay. So we we had we had some right, publishing uh, speed bumps and things, and now we're back on getting things moving as quickly as possible. So now we're playing. It's kind of like being in the army, you know, hurry up and wait, and now we're back into the hurry up again. <laughs> that rings so true with me. Praise God. So anyway, um, thank you so much, Gary, for joining us tonight. We're looking forward, thank of you. course, always uh, to your next visit. And uh, we pray that we you have an absolutely blessed week. God bless you. Thank you so much. And thank all of the listeners. Praise Jesus for you hanging in there with all of my uh, challenging problems. I'm going to keep on fighting the good fight and see if I can get these things fixed. But anyway, God bless you, Gary. Thank you all. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m., Lord yep. willing. Thank you, brother. All right, bye-bye. God bless you all.